Hello, and welcome to the Italian Threat Intel weekly podcast for the week commencing the 21st of March, 2022. In InfoSec news this week, an event that could have large implications for the future of open source software going forward and the people that maintain it, seemingly starting as an innocent protest, NPM, JavaScript package manager maintainer, re-evangelist, Brandon Nazaki Miller, wrote and published an open-code NPM source code package called Peace No War. It did little except add a protest message against Russia's invasion of Ukraine. However, things then took a slightly more malicious turn. It began destroying computers' file systems. To be exact, code was added which would delete the file systems of any computer with a Russian or Belarusian IP address. Then, the maintainer added the module as a dependency to the extremely popular Node-IPC module. Node-IPC, in turn, is a popular dependency that many JavaScript programmers use, and it went from annoying to a serial system destroyer. This code has undergone several changes since it first appeared, but it must be regarded as highly dangerous. Underlining its potential for damage, Miller encoded his changes in Base64 to make it harder to spot the problem by simply reading the code base itself. According to the developer security company Sync, which uncovered the problem, the affected versions of Node IPC should be considered a malicious package. This package contains malicious code which targets users with IPs located in Russia or Belarus and overwrites their files with a heart emoji. It's now being tracked as CVE 2022-23812. Sync has given this corrupted, open, able-to-source package a critical common vulnerability or CVSS score of 9.8, rating it as critical. In other words, you should simply not use this at all. Easier said than done, however, as Node IPC is present in many programs. This Node JavaScript module is used for local and remote interprocess communication, or IPC, on Linux, Mac, and Windows systems. It's also used in the very popular Vue CLI, a JavaScript framework for building web-based user interfaces. From there, this malware has wrecked a large number of systems. Liren Tal, the Sync researcher who uncovered the problem, is quoted as saying, Even if this deliberate and dangerous act of the maintainer, re-evangelist, will be perceived by some as legitimate as an act of protest, how does that reflect on the maintainer's future reputation and stake in the developer community? Will this maintainer ever be trusted again to not follow up on future acts in such or even more aggressive actions for any projects they participate in? Miller himself has defended his Peace Not War module on GitHub, saying that this is all public, documented, licensed, and open source. But what if someone did this and didn't leave such a message? And if letting users make informed decisions mattered, why was the code base obscured in the first place? In any case, people are lousy at reading documentation. Anyone who just added this code to their production systems is asking for trouble. If you are live patching dependencies you have no QA controls for, according to a tweet from a researcher at Sophos, you are not doing SecOps at all. But that being said, this protestware, as some are calling it, sets a dangerous precedent. As one programmer on GitHub wrote, What's going to happen with this is that security teams in Western corporations, which have absolutely nothing to do with Russia or politics, are going to start seeing free and open source software as an avenue for supply chain attacks, which this absolutely is, and simply start banning free and open source software, all free and open source software within their companies, or at least that which is community maintained. This will have no positive effect for Ukrainians, you idiot, and it will only hurt FOSS, the free and open source software adoption going forward. In the meantime, in open source's usual fixing its own messes ways, another developer has started an effort to rebuild a safe Node IPC fork on GitHub.
Moving to ransomware news and regarding the Russia-Ukraine conflict, last month a researcher published almost 170,000 internal chat conversations between the Conti ransomware gang members, spanning from January 2021 through to February 2022. These chat messages provided detailed insights into the operational activities of the members' involvements, and the researcher later leaked old Conti ransomware source code dated September 2020. While this code was rather old, it did allow researchers and law enforcement to analyse the Conti malware to understand better its inner workings. This week, however, so-called Conti Leaks has uploaded the source code for Conti version 3 to VT and posted a link on Twitter. This source code is much more recent than the previous version, with the last modified date being January 25th, 2021, making it over one year newer than the previously released code. Like the previous version, the source code leak is a Visual Studio solution which allows anyone with access to compile the ransomware locker and decrypt it themselves. The source code compiles without any errors and can be easily modified by other threat actors to use their own public keys and add new functionality. The release of ransomware source code, especially from advanced operations like Conti, can have disastrous effects on corporate networks and consumers, because it's very common for other threat actors or even copycats to use the release source code to create their own ransomware operations. In the past, a researcher published the source code for a ransomware strain named Hidden Tier, which many threat actors quickly adopted to launch different, similar operations. While Hidden Tier, the original, can be decrypted, it led to a scourge of new ransomware infections which terrorised consumers and companies for years. More recently, an actor leaked the source code for the Babook strain of ransomware on a Russian-speaking hacking forum. Within days, other threat actors were rolling this into their attack portfolios, and new ransomware operations were being launched all the time, such as Rook and Pandora. With the continued leaks of the Conti ransomware gang's source code, it seems only a matter of time until other threat actors use it to launch their own operations. Moving on to the Lapsus group, which we have discussed previously, and it seems their success may have finally caught up with them. They have recently hit both Microsoft and the authentication services provider Okta, with Okta claiming that only 366 corporate customers, or about 2.5% of its total customer base, may have been impacted by the, quote, highly constrained compromise. Although the company initially attempted to downplay the incident, the Lapsus group have since called out the company for what it alleged were lies, stating, I'm still unsure how an unsuccessful attempt logged into the superuser portal with the ability to reset the password and multi-factor authentication of 95% of clients isn't a success. The security breaches of Okta and Microsoft are the latest in a fairly successful range of infiltration staged by the Lapsus Group, which has also hit high-profile victims like Impressa, NVIDIA, Samsung, Vodafone and Ubisoft. The group are known for publicising its conquests on an active Telegram channel which has over 45,000 members. Cybersecurity firm Checkpoint have described Lapsus as a Portuguese hacking group from Brazil, with Microsoft calling the operation a unique blend of tradecraft which involves targeting its victims with SIM swapping, unpatched server flaws, dark web reconnaissance and phone-based phishing tactics. Reportedly, the real motivation of the group is still relatively unclear. However, it claims to be purely financially motivated. Lapsus appears to have strong engagement with their followers and even go as far as to post interactive polls on who their next unfortunate target should be. Recently, however, the data extortion gang announced that several of its members were taking a vacation. Shortly afterwards, the City of London Police claim they have arrested seven individuals connected to the gang. It's unclear how many members are in Lapsus in total, 
but clues from their Telegram channel seem to suggest there are members who speak English, Russian, Turkish, German and Portuguese. In a statement to the BBC, the City of London Police said it had arrested seven people aged 16 to 21 in connection with an investigation into a hacking group, and that all of them are under investigation. No names have been released at this time, but the real identities of some of the Lapsus members have reportedly been known for a short while as they've been doxxed by rival hackers, one of them reportedly being a teenager using the aliases White or Breach Base, a 17-year-old individual from Oxford, England, who is believed to have accumulated over 300 bitcoins, or around $13 million at the current value, from various hacking activities, primarily SIM swapping. Allegedly, White has lost a good part of this fortune gambling and by leaving their system unprotected, allowing it to be hacked multiple times, which has likely been the catalyst leading to these arrests. We will have to see how these arrests affect the Lapsus group going forward. Thank you very much for listening to the Italian Threat Intel Weekly Podcast. Please do not hesitate to contact us should you wish to discuss any of the items outlined here. And thank you very much for listening.